With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. That's it. There's a new member of the final four club. Celebrating in the streets and loving because wow. Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of Jeremy Gillen, and we are talking softball. But because we are talking softball, we have to strap in. This originally was supposed to be a recap of the final softball series of the regular season against Texas, where Kinsey and I predicted Texas wins the series, but Tech sneaks away one against a good Longhorn squad. I'll probably spend 10% of this episode on that. (laughs) Uh, We have to talk about the firing of Coach Sammy Ward in the wake of that sweep. In itself, a confusing fire because there wasn't a dramatic shift in wins versus losses. And Hoka's immediate comments were, we have very high expectations for success in all our programs, and we believe we can be a prominent softball program. Sweet and professional words, but for all intents and purposes, it looked like you were trending upwards. So then the tweets started coming out after that. I'll wrap back around to it, but let me first give these ladies their due in that final series against Texas. You had a three-game series against the number 17 Longhorns in Lubbock starting on April 29th, uh, that Friday. Probably your most exciting game of the series. Texas Tech gets a quick start behind Peyton Jackson's home run that brought her and Ariana Villa to make a, a 2-0 lead in the first. Texas would climb back by the fourth inning to tie up uh, before an exciting fifth inning where both teams got two runs. Uh, and for Tech, that's another two-run homer, uh, this time by Riley Love. But Texas managed to capitalize on an error by the Red Raiders and, and get ahead 5-4 at the top of the seventh. And Tech just wasn't able to finish at the plate. So big kudos to Haley Dolcini from Texas striking out 14 batters and allowing just three hits. Two of those obviously left the field, uh, but that's not bad. And the next day you had a we had a doubleheader, and it, it's an absolute clinic for Texas in that second game. Um, we lost that one 11-1, and we don't have to talk about it. That, that, it, it, it was as bad as it could have been. The third game, however, was also pretty exciting. It played, a, it played out a lot like that first with Tech getting two runs in the first inning, Texas trailing, 
and then climbing back in and over. And at the top of the seventh inning, Texas had a 7-3 and three advantage. And instead of rolling over and giving up, Tech really went after him. You, you got singles from Riley Ellen and Westmoreland. And then Abby Oric stepped up to the plate, knocked her sixth home run of the season, and made it 7-6. But uh, the Red Raiders just really couldn't capitalize after getting the tying run on base with just one out. So you get swept by Texas, who is a very good squad, and you're really a couple plays from going a couple plays going slightly different from a 2-1 series win over Texas. Honestly, and that's kind of how that's been the situation this season with Texas softball. They played pretty close against most of the good teams that they faced. It really feels like they're at that hump and getting over it isn't that far off. Kinsey and I will recap the season as a whole after our games in the Big 12 tournament, first of which starts um, on May 12th against Texas, again, in Oklahoma City. You're hopeful, but <laughs> maybe maybe that'll play out very similar, or you, you we'll just get there when we get there. And you know, I was going to say what isn't too far from Oklahoma City is Broken Bow, Oklahoma. But I'm wrong. It's definitely three and a half hours, and that's a long while. Um, <laughs> but if you are looking to get away as the days have become longer and the temperature hotter, you need to get in touch with our guy Craig Crawford at Treeline Rentals and Management. That's right. Texas Tech is everywhere, and that's why we can be anywhere except in some of the most beautiful place uh, land in Oklahoma. Texas Tech fam, listen closely. If you email Craig and you let him know what's up, let him know tortillas and takes sent you. You rep that double T proudly. He's going to give you 25% off your booking with no additional fees. Give yourself a treat this summer. Get out of town. Go sit in a cabin and think for a while. Think. And, of course, listen to Tortillas and Takes. You can reach him by emailing Craig at VacationTreeLine.com. That's C-R-A-I-G at VacationTreeLine.com. Okay, that might have been 10%. I'm not sure. But let's wrap back around. (laughs) So the season ends, and we get word that Coach Sammy Ward in her second season is fired. What we know for sure is that the athletic department has said, per Robert Giovanetti, that the firing was without cause. And so what that basically means is that they're going to have to pay out her contract, which I think is upwards, I think somewhere $430,000. Nuts. That's a lot. And, and certainly a lot more considering this was before the postseason, not but two years into her contract. So it's it's really just a weird scenario. <clears throat> and, and in the news of the firing, the tweets started coming out from alumni of the softball program. And I won't mention who. You can certainly sleuth around Twitter and find them yourself. But they were talking a lot about the importance of mental health. And let me say right now that we do not know for sure what happened. If you do a simple search on the internet, all the articles are going to say the same thing. Same thing about, oh, sudden firing, not really sure. You know, we just expect more of our program. XYZ, going to pay her a lot of money. That's kind of the consensus right now. That's where we're at. I am not making any accusations against the program without further evidence or anecdote, but I am making presumptions and talking about toxicity in collegiate athletics as a whole, especially women's athletic programs. So, here it is. Athletes so often face exploitation and abuse within the context of their sport. And the problem is that that abuse can take so many forms, right? Like you've had many big instances of physical and sexual abuse that garnered national attention and puts everybody on edge. You know, think about your Penn States, 
Michigan State's, your San Jose's, your Ohio State scandals. You know, this isn't a small number either. You know, a massive research endeavor was done by uh, Lawrence Kids, which is a nonprofit. This was done in 2021, just last year. Found more than 25% of student athletes in college reported being sexually assaulted or harassed by someone in a position of power. Wow. The report is staggering. Like I don't even time to I, I don't even have time to dissect how many black athletes uh, or how black athletes have become more susceptible in time. I will probably link that study in the podcast notes or something. It's it's unfathomable. But even an even more prevalent form of abuse that is festered and rooted and flowered all across collegiate athletics is emotional abuse. And it's certainly one of the harder forms of abuse to detect or really even understand in the moment. Like, you recognize if somebody punches you, but you may not be aware of when somebody is being emotionally abusive until after the fact. Oftentimes, when you're talking about it with somebody else and they're like, wow, that's just really, like, that's effed up. And you get your chance to think about it and to reassess the situation as a whole. And that's what makes it so dangerous. Like, the normalization of emotional abuse in collegiate athletics is disgusting. You often find that people in positions of power will navigate their, I don't know, it's like grooming techniques, but they'll navigate the boundary of what they can and cannot get away with. This, I mean, this has come from a number of places, oftentimes from hurt in their own experiences, um, that they that, that that they are then projecting. But then in any case, it's unacceptable. I mean, it gets shoved under this when it all costs mentality. And that... <laughs> That seems so advertisement-friendly, but it, that does not jive with the human psyche. Like, degradation for the sake of productivity, right? Like, you're, whatever, sleep less, work more. Uh, this is for the benefit of all, but that's just not the case. Like, you can't, <clears throat> you can't, you just physically, you can't do it. You can't make, you can't run that race because it never ends, right? And so this, in our experience at Texas Tech, should be at the forefront of our mind. I mean, in 2020, we had that huge drop from USA Today. Marling Stolling's Texas Tech program is a toxic culture of fear, anxiety, and depression. That was the headline. It was a re- <laughs> that was a really big thing. One, because the article dropped before anybody here knew about it. Um, I remember a friend of mine in Florida sending me the article. Um, and it, was, it wasn't like she was fired and then everything came out. It was like, Oh shit! What? <laughs> what? And that forced the athletic department to this this knee jerk reaction of removing her from the position. But it, the damage was done, right? Like the article was out there. Everybody was focused on Texas Tech in the worst way possible. And don't forget, the next month, uh, much less publicized, much less well known, Adrian Gregory, who was in her sixth year as the Tech softball head coach, quit. In amidst these allegations of abuse that were coming out from her program. And unfortunately, this is both big and not that big. Because last year you had the revelation of LSU's athletic department being exposed from women coming forward with mounds of sexual abuse and partner violence allegations stemming from the football team. And nobody cared because they were winning, right? Or they were trying to win. And not long after, Florida's basketball program slammed because women student athletes were coming forward with allegations of abuse against the head coach. It is just so prevalent across collegiate athletics and 
the question I think we need to be asking is, who is supposed to be protecting student-athletes? Who is supposed to be protecting, especially women student-athletes, like whether it's from authority figures, from other teammates, or any threat in general? Like I read a quote from a student-athlete, uh, either Texas or Arizona, I can't remember where, um, same coach uh, who, who, who coached at both of those schools. That'll kind of narrow it down for you. She said she felt lucky that this one coach had not sexually abused her. That is absurd. Being abused as a young woman, a young man, a whatever, shouldn't be luck. Like, <laughs> this system is there to regulate and guide and elevate your talent for the benefit of all. Like, the collegiate athletics are great. Like, they're supposed to, in, in essence, it's not an evil thing, right? <sighs> But when you put, when you've got scumbags from the very top to the very bottom, oh my God, it's a disgusting, man. It's disgusting. It, it, the blind eye, they turn a blind eye so long as the bottom line is met. And do not be fooled. People will go a ridiculous distance to preserve their image and the image of a university. We, we have been kind of haranguing this lawyer in Florida who is you know, paying egregious amounts of money for athletes to come play at his university. But did you know that Michigan State back in 2018 was discovered to have paid $500 million in settlement to victims of that asshat Larry Nassar? This is the, it's the largest settlement at $500 million. This is the largest settlement in a university-specific sexual assault case to date. And you know what? I bet that there are plenty more lingering not too far under that bar. I would bet you anything. It is ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. The state of college athletics that nobody is really talking about until it becomes in the public eye. Like once everybody's looking at you, oh shit, now I gotta say something. Like now we have to do something, right? To wrap up here, because I, I really spent way too long doing research on what I did not realize would be a Marianas trench of cases, evidentiary findings, interviews, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's depressing. It really is depressing. I mean, we on tortillas and takes specifically. I mean, we have such a great time jiving, having a good time, and you know, opening up conversation about just sports and Texas Tech and the future, the past, uh, all these wonderful things that make up college athletics. And yet just on the other side of the wall, like the other side of our conversation is this festering and terrible reality and normalized uh, affliction of abuse and of degradation of value in student athletes. Because in reality, there's, there's, there's a point where that when they sign on to play at a university under these programs, and there, there are great coaches out there. Don't get me wrong. There are great programs. There are great coaches that the idealized collegiate athletic experience is normative. But there are also so many toxic environments that have not been exploited, that have not been dug out for a number of reasons. And it's, it's hard for me as somebody who covers Texas Tech and has covered Texas Tech for so long now to keep coming back to this issue. Um, this issue that Texas Tech is like, they're 
maybe not propagating it, but the, the issue remains. I, I, I'm going to link a few of those links on Red Ridge Sports uh, if everybody wants to meander about and do their own due diligence. But the theme is that health of athletes matters. Physical health, absolutely, but equally and maybe even more so mental health. Emotional abuse in programs cannot go unpunished. It cannot go uncorrected. It cannot, cannot, cannot be normalized this day and age. It's the same. I mean, oh my gosh, it's heavy. If we're to take any kind of inference, and again, this is inference, from the responses of former student-athletes in our softball program, overwhelmingly talking about the importance of mental health and the health of a program, then I think that Hoka is has been receiving very disturbing reports uh, about the going ons in the program. This would be Hoka if it, if it all if it all pans out like it like my expectation is. This would be Hoka's third fire in regarding abuse allegations. Unless I'm missing somebody, and if I am, please correct me in love. It, and it that's two back to back in the same program, back to back. Wow, it's like lightning striking twice. Again, we don't know anything to be certain. There's a good chance, there's a really good chance, whether it was or it wasn't abuse that we won't even find out because they got ahead of it, right? And Texas Tech is engaged. Uh, they're doing a search firm. They've got an internal committee to help facilitate the search for the new coach, very similar to the way um, we did basketball and football. Uh, and interim coach Brooke Reed has you know, stepped into that role to take him through the postseason. So I don't know how this will play out. Um, I don't know if we'll ever find out anything. But if you are, listen to me, if you are a student athlete dealing with any form of abuse or you you are having emotional difficulty or you know one that is, please reach out. There are non-athletic systems on Tech's campus that are 100% for your good. And the Student Counseling Center is a free and open space for you to be yourself because you are valuable. And as often as that word gets diminished in athletics, trust me, I know from personal experience, you were wonderfully made and you deserve all of the best to keep yourself at the best. Look, sports are great, but a healthy life is so much better and you're worthy of that. Okay. This has been Jeremy Gillen with Tortillas and Takes. Stay emotionally healthy, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.